It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome into another episode of the Take Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Whitefield. This is my co-host of the week, Chris Wecht. We are officially home from Mobile, Alabama. We took in every practice of both the American and national team, and we have our takes. Chris, is it good to be home? Sleep in your own bed? I uh, have not slept in my own bed yet. I oh, that's right. Flew, I flew into Philadelphia last night and stayed in my parents' house. They're a little closer, but drove back to my house this morning. So I will do that tonight. Um, but yes, excited to be home. Uh, it was a great trip out there with the rest of the Fantasy Points crew, Scott Barrett, John Hansen. Felt like it was good to just get everybody together, spend some time together, talk some football. And yeah, I mean, that's can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, a lot of like... Uh... I don't want to say planning when, you know, happened on the week, but like, I would say, um, you know, more so just building excitement for everything that's coming out of fantasy points data later this off season. And, uh, yeah, so for that, it was a, it was a tremendous trip. I always have fun on these trips. People don't really understand like how kind of grindy these trips are, you know? Yeah. You're gone from more, you wake up until you yeah. go to bed, you're doing something. Yeah, my dad kind of just like when he picked he picked me up from the airport last night. He kind of just assumed, oh, it's a little vacay. Get out, have some fun with the boys, drink some beer, watch football. I'm like, no, dad, that's not that's not what this is. You know, you're getting up early most days. You're you know whether you're a content guy or whatever. Like you know, I was writing articles, do doing a radio spot with John, doing the players' breakfast. So that all happens at six to seven a.m. and then you're you know, immediately jumping into practice for six hours, you know, sometimes in the sun, sometimes in the rain, the weather takes a toll on you, whether it's hot or cold. And then, um, and then you're jumping right back into the content stuff, you know, writing your thoughts. We did a podcast every day, you know, then it's kind of turns into a networking event after that, where you're you're usually going to dinner with, you know, with your, your crew and then meeting up with other people later in the night, having fun, getting home late, going to bed late and then doing it all again the next day. So you really have no rest. There's, there's definitely not a vacation, uh, but we love it. Yeah. Not, not complaining whatsoever. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I, you know, I, even when I'm exhausted, like last yesterday was probably the longest day of my life. Um, you know, starting 7am or whatever we did and then just not getting home. I got home at two in the morning. So pretty, pretty long day, but I still, couldn't rest uh i started re-ranking all the players on the plane ride home last night finished that up this morning um put a lot of thought into it we took in in total six practices got a pretty good look at some of these guys and there were some big time winners risers and fallers actually winners and losers so um let's talk about some of those guys i know for a fact you want to talk about michael wilson from stanford Yes. Well, yeah, uh, we, we kind of been talking about him all week. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to know how many spots did he jump for you? Because I know he, he had the biggest jump of any player here at the Senior Bowl for me. So I actually, I was a little surprised. I, I forgot. I, I kind of ranked him in the middle of the pack going into the week. I only moved him up three spots from eight to oh, five. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I thought you, I thought, were you higher on Higgins going into the week or Wilson? Uh, 
I was higher. I was slight. I had Higgins at two spots ahead of him. So I liked mm. both the Stanford guys. Um, so yeah, I actually didn't end up bumping them as much as I, or bumping Wilson. I did not bump Higgins, uh, bumping Wilson as much as I thought I was going to. I feel like five is a good spot for him. Um, that five to seven range is probably where I think he should be. Following it's funny, week. It's funny you say that because he finished in my rankings at six. Yeah. Yeah, that feels but, that feels about right. He came into the week for me at thirteen. Yeah, I um, he definitely doesn't have a lot of tape. I remember thinking back, watching him now, looking over my notes and whatnot. I was, I was, I you know, I saw a guy that looked like a functional receiver. He could do he could do things that you you know most you know above average receiver. Nothing flashy, but there was something there. He didn't make any obvious mistakes to me on tape. Um, and then, yeah. And then he just comes out and just like balls out all week, like every single day. I don't think he had a single bad day or ever even close to a bad day at any point. His worst rep of the week was yesterday in red zone drills where he absolutely cooked the corner, but then just dropped the ball in the end zone. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So like his worst rep of the week was arguably a good rep. Yep. You know, you, you saw a lot that you wanted to see there. He just unfortunately didn't catch the ball, but uh yeah this is so this guy is going to be like the ultimate discipline test for me because like i've done this before where i i mentioned denzel mims i think to you and john yesterday but like mims was a guy who i didn't really love his tape i get to the senior bowl week and he just tears it up and i end up going overboard and he he finished with like a top 15 grade in my my scoring system um, at that time, I was I was using Senior Bowl um, scores to kind of – they were weighted too heavily in my system. I have adjusted that in general, but still, like, it, it was a bit – it was a big overreaction. Like, I, I was using Senior Bowl week to kind of replace some bad tape. And I think with Wilson, that there's going to be discipline needed for me because I, I came away from this week just being, like, in awe of this guy. Like, I wanted to put him at one, Chris, like – that's how impressed I was. But <laughs> I know I did want tempered to expectations a little bit. I'm, what, so what I'm not going to do is replace what I would say average or bad tape with this week. But what you can do is fill in those gaps. I talked about this in the the Senior Bowl Primer article on Fantasy Points website. Um, there are gaps. There's things that he wasn't asked to do at Stanford that we got to see him do this week. Um, so yeah, you can you can use that stuff to fill in gaps. Like wow, I didn't know Wilson could do that. Now I do. Cool. I, I'm bumping him for that reason. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of how you have to do it. But granted, I haven't watched like when I do my player evaluations, I watch every snap from the last two years. I'm one of the only guys that does this. Sometimes guys usually watch five games. I watch every game, and then I I'll even supplement with freshman sophomore tape if I need to. Um, so that said, any of these guys are talking about, I haven't watched all of their games yet, so they haven't been scored officially for me. So there's a chance he could still rise even more or fall even more, depending on how the rest of the class shakes out. But um, enough can't be said about how awesome he was this week. What um? So I was not at that Senior Bowl that where Denzel Mims was, where you said you felt like you rose into our was was that I I know one thing that both stood out to both of us was how detailed he was. He was the, one of the first receivers out there working on his footworks. Talking about uh, Wilson, yeah, Wilson, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it, do you think that carries any weight? We know NFL teams. Um, definitely value little things like that. Like it's it's like the layup thing these guys can do at the at the senior bowl. Just like act like they really, really, really like to work at their craft. 
Um, yeah. You told me last night he he went to Stanford. He's an engineer. That's not an easy degree, especially he, at a school like Stanford. He just graduated. Yeah. So he he clearly like is a very detailed, hardworking guy. Do you think that? Mm-hmm. That how much does that matter to you in terms of how you think the NFL will view him? On top of him matters. having a good week, I think it matters. There's teams that won't care, and there's teams like I hate to always use the Lions as the example, but like. He's a football player. Like, Dan Campbell will love this guy. I can promise you that. I don't know if you saw the interview from him that kind of went viral last night. Um, I retweeted it. I don't know if you caught it. But it's basically just him saying, like, listen, I'm the hardest working dude out here. Like, I do not – I will not settle for anything less than excellent. And I am on an upward trajectory. I put in the work. I'm disciplined. I'm getting after it. Like – He's just saying all the right things, but he's backing it up with what we're doing. Because like we said, you know, he was at practice 30 minutes before anybody else. There's no coaches out there watching him. It's not like he's like, you know, trying to, you know, kind of, he wasn't schmoozing, you know, he was actually out there working. Like he had, he was soaked from sweat. He was working so hard before practice started. Yep. Um, And and you can see it in his game. Like, I I think he really, I think he's a hundred percent serious when he says, he will not settle for anything less than excellent. Yeah. So uh, yeah, as he's, got we, that, he's got that dog mentality. Yeah. As we continue to get more and more exposure to players, prospects and actually, and I feel like we always learn how important our attitude and personality can be in, in just how these guys' careers end up panning out. And yeah. it's, it's stuff that, you know, 20 years ago, people didn't have access to. Like right. teams knew on when they got to them, but nowadays, like we learn about And this stuff matters. It's very important. Uh, it, it can make or break a guy's career if he has – the wrong mindset and yeah so. well and, and when you look at like his body too like there's no like yeah there's he's, nothing he's left to, sh- to chisel on that body yes. you know like you can tell the dude works hard yes and uh and you also see like the little i noted this i think maybe after day two he, he's doing little things in practice that you know I, I think some guys don't even think about but like just even the run blocking drills like he's getting after it. like he's trying to thump the dude across from him, the, there are a couple 11 on 11 drills too, where like it, t- it turns into a scramble and it, it, multiple times. He was the only receiver working back to the quarterback mm-hmm. and actually operating under a scramble drill. It's like those little things, man, the, I think coaches actually do love that stuff. They look for it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he earned a spot on an NFL team this week for sure. And, and yeah, is going to have a, a chance to, you know, end up at some team's wide receiver three, four, and then see where he takes it from there. Yep. And the question really becomes is like, how high does he actually go now? Yeah. Like, did he do enough to get at the end of day two? Not the strongest top end receiving class uh, compared to some of the previous True. years we've seen. So, it, so it's going to be interesting to do, but it's also a horrible wide receiver free agent class. So teams that need wide receivers, do they say, Hey, like I'd rather go, you know, maybe, maybe we have to reach a little bit on this receiver in the first round. Like we normally would take him at the back of the first, but you know, we, it's better than overpaying this guy in free agency. So a lot to shake up still in terms of how the NFL ends up viewing the wide receiver class as a whole, but he, yeah, he certainly is going to get himself into the day two conversation, maybe round, you know, round three ish. And we'll, we'll see from there, but yeah. Yeah, he still has other opportunities to help himself too. Like combines, obviously a big one. Yeah, like if he goes to the because uh, he was one of the faster receivers at Senior Bowl week, yep. uh, GPS wise. If he goes to the combine and runs, you know, just spitballing here, like four three eight, 
he's going awesome. he's going to keep climbing. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? And he he looks like a guy that would probably be running 438. Yes. Um I I assume he's going to jump really well. Like all like all so he has he still has even more opportunities to to continue to impress and and climb up um teams boards. So All right, let's move on from him. I uh you any other I'm, major movers in your Well, I want to talk about his teammate Higgins. So I did drop Higgins in my rankings three spots from where I had him going into the week. My big takeaway seeing him in person, Chris, is like I just don't feel good about him as a wide receiver. Yeah, we um, – I'm sure you'll mention this in your article, but he actually got some work with the tight ends yesterday. Yeah. Um, so clearly – So I'm not the only one thinking it. <laughs> yeah, so clearly team, team you know, NFL team personnel thinks he may have a better career as potentially another – uh, position. He's definitely a bigger guy. He definitely has issues moving. Uh, I think it was yesterday. He, he already had caught the ball and we, and he went to cut up field and he like tripped over himself. Like For like he, the fifth time this week. Yeah. It, he, he, which is, I did not see on tape at all. I thought he was, he had great body control in his Stanford tape. I like for a bigger guy, I thought he moved great. How, but here's the thing, like on his tape, I didn't see a lot of reps where he was having to work in small areas, like close areas. Like he wasn't sure. getting pressed a ton, um, you know, and they were purposely getting bodies on him in practice. Like, hey, come up and get your hands on this guy. Sure. See if he can actually use that frame appropriately. Yep. Does he have the coordination to get off of it? So that's one nice thing about tight end too is like if, if you use him as a move tight end, big slot, like you can cover him a little bit better get him those free releases, get him, you know, into the seam a little cleaner. I think that would really, really help him. And I, I know it stinks for him f- to, to be saying that. Cause it's like, it's going to be a long road. It's not easy to go from receiver to tight end. The physicality of playing tight end in the NFL is so much different than wide receiver. So, um, but that said, like if I'm an NFL team, I'm way more interested in him as a tight end than I'm a wide receiver. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to hurt his draft capital. I I mean, who, he's pre, he's definitely a day three guy. I think at this point. Um, yeah, or or worse. Yeah, or worse. Yeah, so uphill battle for him. Unfortunate because he was kind of a rare size speed combo uh, playing receiver, and could he then show he could do that uh, amongst other guys of his similar talent levels? And not didn't have the best week. Um, yeah, and he actually ended up my biggest follower out of anybody this week. I had him ranked decently high, and and pretty much moved him all almost all the way to the bottom. Yeah, I uh, I think he ended up twelve out of sixteen for me among the receivers. So yeah, um, and that was being generous. You know, I didn't want to crush him, right? You yeah. know, but uh, the, I'm glad you said that because two guys I had falling at receiver, I didn't. I was not upset with anything they did this week. <laughs> I thought they had good weeks, but they still fell because other guys rose that much. And those two guys were Xavier Hutchinson and Trey Palmer. Really? You had Hutchinson fall. I didn't plan it that way, Chris. I just, when I was going, when I was re-ranking these guys. So he actually moved up from me. I I moved, I bumped him from 11 to seven. Yeah. He started way higher for me is the thing. Okay. He, so he ended seven for me. No, all right. Well, I think I think we found the, the the middle ground. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and I basically had Jaden Reed, John Mingo, and Michael Wilson passing him up. Um, so okay. he dropped a total of two spots for me. I and I liked his week. Yeah, I thought he, was, he had a good week. He, he showed me things. Why. Yeah, yeah he showed me things you, he didn't show in in college. Um, 
it, like it was it's weird it's weird that he fell for me but i like this week other guys just impressed me more so um yeah trey palmer same thing like he fell four spots for me um i came into the week ready to be blown away because on tape you see the speed there just wasn't there were some moments with him but there weren't enough right yeah you that's know, a- the, he's supposed to be the best separator here and it just it didn't look easy for him yeah i i ended up I started with him at seven. He ended at six for me. And I, and I, but yeah, he was a guy with, I, I honestly, I passed over him when I was re-ranking. I was, I was doing everybody else. And I was like, oh, wait, I missed one. And I was like, oh, Trey Palmer. And I was like, oh, I got to fit him in somewhere. I was like, he didn't do anything bad. He also just didn't, never really wowed me either. But I was, I, you know. Yeah. So, which is weird. Cause I felt like all week we were saying that not a lot of guys, no one looked special to us. No one looked like Christian Watson level talent. Yeah. And but there was one guy I think that did, but um, I have, I have qualms with him. So, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so he, he didn't do it. Yeah. He didn't just, yeah, he was just there. He was not messing up and he was, you know, he was doing what he was supposed to do. He just never necessarily went above and beyond. Um, so definitely, he's probably a guy that you know the Senior Bowl ultimately doesn't really move his draft stock one way or the other, and you know he's got solid tape and he'll still you know he still be a, he has a good chance to be a solid player at the next level. Yep. Uh, for those that have questions about his college production, by the way, he was on the LSU team with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and um, uh, Terrace Marshall. Yes before he transferred to Nebraska. I know a lot of people have asked me I, in my DMS yesterday, there are people asking me like, Hey, if Palmer's, you know, so good, why is, why did he do nothing until the last couple of years? So, but, um, any other guy, Oh, there's actually two more receivers. I want to highlight really quickly. We, and we've talked about them. We've talked about one of them a lot on this pod. And it's Jaden Reed. Yep. I think he probably had the best. Well, other than Wilson, the best week. As far as like showing his complete skill set, um, yeah, he ended up the second best guy from. I struggled with if I should put him or Puka Nakua first, but I left. Ended up leaving Puka at one, despite him only giving us the one practice. But it was just, it was a great practice by him. But yeah, Reed was also very, very good this week. Yeah, Reed climbed three spots for me. Um, he, he, to me, he sold me on the fact that he's he can be more than just a deep threat. Yes. Like, he can work the short parts of the field. You can scheme some stuff up for him. He can work the intermediate part of the field. A little bit more nuanced route runner than I thought he was. So, yeah, um, he's big he's win gonna, for me. He's going to end up going higher in the draft than probably people would initially think because he's got punt return skills. He's got the deep, a pretty good deep speed. Yeah, like you said, we he's showing us a lot of stuff. I, like we saw this with um, Velas Jones last year, uh, not the same player, but a guy that has deep speed and can show that he can work, do some other route stuff. Yeah. Teams value that very much. And and despite, even if they have other warts in other areas of, the, uh, of their play, teams think they can mold that into potentially uh, a guy that can do all kinds of things for them on their offense. Yep. And furthermore, not to be like overly speculative, but by the end of the week, he was really only participating in 11 on 11s. Yep. And typically, and we, kind of the word on the street was, you know, he, he got a call from his agent saying, hey, teams are really liking you. Let's let's cool it down a little bit. We don't want to risk an injury because don't really have much more to gain from this. Right. Um, typically, when guys shut it down like that, like without an injury, that's what's going on. So um, he did. 
he did go uh they did red zone finally we got red zone looks yesterday which very important part of my analysis um and he he was going in the one-on-one drills in red zone but those were really the only one-on-one drills he had done in a couple days so um yeah the other big climber i want to talk about was john mingo yeah i i when i watched his tape i I think i did two or three games i really wanted to love him um but i just i just kept having flashbacks to Dontario drummond last year he just kind of gives the feeling of like yeah this guy's okay and yeah that's what he is he's okay yeah and so this week though he he really flashed that top end speed i thought yeah And, and some really good footwork too he cooked um the best corner here at senior bowl week he cooked him yesterday in the red zone on that yeah. uh, fade route. I mean, juked him out of his shoes. Uh, caught a, caught a really nice ball. So, I, I like Mingo. The one guy that I think did look like he was special was was Tank Dell. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it's like we've been talking all week. It's just yeah. the size. For for you fantasy guys listening, it's it, it, the size is a big concern because I really don't see a world where he's super fantasy relevant. Um. Yeah, but I think really he'll be, I think he'll be an excellent football player somewhere. Yes, and he's yeah. still going to get drafted high too. Yep, I do think that. So, was there any um, you know guys coming into the week that were near the bot you know bottom five ish area that that rose a good good way up for you? The guys that you know you know maybe they were had a good shot at going undrafted, but maybe now are are a day three pick. I would say. Yeah, there were two, I think, that impressed me more than I thought they would. Um, Trey Tucker was one. That was one of mine, yep. Yeah, he, I think he was dead last for me coming into the week. Um, but seeing him work in those close areas, like, I do think he's he's got a chance to be a slot receiver somewhere. Right. Maybe a backup slot receiver for now. Right. And he, and and he looks a like a good teams player. Yeah, he looks like a good punt returner as well. Yeah. Oh, and I, th- I think they had him covering punts, too, if I'm not yep. mistaken. So, um like those, that stuff bodes well for him. I, maybe he doesn't get drafted still, or maybe he's a late round pick. I'm not really sure yet. Um, but you know, I think there's a chance he's he catches on as a backup slot guy, developmental guy, with with special teams upside. Which that's how teams fill the back end of their rosters out, anyways. So um, the other one was Wicks, Dontavian Wicks. Yeah, he didn't drop as many balls as we thought he might. But yeah, big question coming to the week was his hands. Like, the guy can clearly move. He clearly has some raw running ability, but his hands were dreadfully bad. He had like a forty-one percent catch percentage this past season. That's which is abysmal. So bad. It doesn't even. I don't even care how bad. If your QB is good or bad, if you're hitting forty-one percent, it's not on your QB. Yeah, I th- he led the class. He leads the class in drops by like a country mile. So yeah. that does not surprise me. Um, he did drop a few balls day one. I think we knocked him for it on, on either my write-up or the pod, but the last two days he was pretty sound. Yeah, um, he can definitely get open. Yeah, he can definitely get open. Yeah. Which, uh, Grant debut out of Charlotte, I also think, was a little bit of a riser for me. He was a super late add to the roster, um, so I barely watched much of his tape before the week began uh, and wasn't super impressive day one, but days two and three – he definitely can get open and makes get separation on guys. Uh, made some nice catches in the end zone on the last day and red zone drills. Um, yeah, I think he's a guy that definitely helped his chances at least being drafted versus undrafted. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see anything that was like overly impressive, but I do agree that like he was probably better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, for sure. Um, 
All right, let's move on. Let's quickly hit quarterback. There's really nothing to talk about here, Chris. There's one guy to talk about, and the rest don't, don't matter. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go a one A to talk about, and then there's like a, a a small note to add to that on somebody <laughs> else. But Jake Hayner was clearly the best QB here. Wasn't even close. I saw someone on Twitter say he was not good this week, and I'm like, what? Like, okay, who who? Who are you an agent for? Like, who are you representing? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense to say that, but Hayner was phenomenal. Yeah, he was putting the ball in all kinds of tight windows. I, he had some really nice uh, red zone throws yesterday. Oh, just unbelievable. Getting him where they need to be in the end zone, giving his guys a chance to make plays. Yeah, I I mean, maybe it was because of how bad the other quarterbacks were that made yeah. him look so good. For but, sure. But, I mean... There's no doubt in my mind that this kid can't at least come into an NFL team and be a decent backup slash project guy as they, you know. Yeah. I would say what you said is 100% spot on. The other QBs were so bad, it definitely elevated how you viewed him because plays were functional when he was on the field. Plays were not functional when any of the other quarterbacks were on the field. So, I mean... I don't think he, he didn't like work himself into some crazy draft capital or anything, but he's probably a day two pick yep. at some point. The other five that practiced, um, we're not going to talk Hendon Hooker because he didn't practice at all. Um, but the other five that practiced were probably late day three guys or UDFAs at that. I didn't see anything from any of them that suggested they're worth more than that. Jaron Hall was probably the biggest disappointment because I do think he's got arm talent, but just kind of a space cadet all week unfortunately so yeah these are for fantasy purposes you can basically forget about these guys uh yeah. for the most part and really i mean even hayner is probably not ever fantasy relevant but at least not yet yeah yeah um yeah, he's not gonna want like a a draft pick yeah exactly unless it's a super deep super flex league yes. where you have like five or six rounds or something yes. but yeah just and and maybe the bad qb play could also have driven the none of the wide receivers look necessarily special problem uh, just because they literally multiple overthrows behind guys in front of guys like just you know doing our our view of the pass catchers a bit as well right we said it the other day like Rasheed Rice like his five best reps probably were all like all five of them ended in an overthrow yeah Yeah, I like didn't even totally know how to view view his week because I was like yeah he looked like he was gonna make a good play there but I'll never know now yep all right uh, the other one other note on the QBs is Tyson Bagent from Shepard the dude has a rocket arm Um, he's so raw though but he does have a rocket arm a team might like that and be like yeah We'll, we'll throw a fifth round pick at this guy and just yeah. see what he can turn into with some coaching. Yeah. See if you but you got to be committed to carry three is the problem. Cause he's not ready to be a backup. No. Well, he could probably survive on some team's practice squad. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Even um, if he does get drafted, he could be a guy they draft cut and he makes it through waivers and lands on a practice squad. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk running backs because I mean, everyone's ooing and eyeing over the same guy. I think the consensus coming out of the week is the most impressive running back by far was Tajay Spears. There it is. Tajay Spears out of Tulane. What did you, I forget, what did you have him ranked as before the week? Number three. I was high on it. Yeah, I had him at two. Um, I didn't end up bumping him over Roshan just because 
uh, who we we could be saying similar things about him if he didn't break his hand on day one, mm-hmm. and he still has the size speed combo. Yeah. Um, but but I would if somebody wanted to put Spears ahead of him, I would I would think that was totally fine because Spears was awesome. He if you haven't seen the clip on Twitter of him leaving a linebacker in just like a whole nother universe on a on a on a route yesterday. You you got to go check it out because I mean the linebacker literally looks like thinks the play is over like he and then turns his head and realizes he, Spears, Spears is running away to the end zone. It was it Spears was looked like he had the Infinity Gauntlet and he used the Space Stone to teleport <laughs> on that play. Yes, like that was unbelievable. I actually did bump Spears ahead of Roshan. Um, my reasoning was this. Usually everything I do is not for fantasy. It's for actual football. I while, while I do really like Roshan, I'm not a big establish the run, run the ball kind of guy. And I think Roshan's the type of back you're you're drafting him to do those types of things. Not saying he can't be in the pass game. Tajay, though, adds a dynamic to an offense that is so much more valuable than what Roshan adds. And that's why I sure. built him. Yeah, and, he, and T- Tajay sold me on that this week. I had I had quite like small school, small school two lane stuff. Like that's why he was third in my rankings. It's like, okay, yeah, he he tore up really bad teams. Cool. I need to see this against better competition, and he answered the call. So especially in the passing work stuff. Yeah he he's gonna he's gonna run fast. He's gonna run a fast forty. Um, it'll be interesting to see how fast he can get. Cause that's going to be his main calling card. Uh, Cause he, but he, he can, he has some good like contact balance. Like he, he's not a guy. Yeah, that's oh gonna, yeah. He's not a guy that is like run so fast. Like Chase Brown is the perfect example. Brown can run super fast, but he had, a, he definitely had issues in college with the second he got hit. Like that was it. That was going to be the end of the yeah. play. Spears is not like that. He's got some quickness to him where he can make guys miss in space and, and just and then just immediately turn on the jets again and take off. Um, hundred percent. Yeah, he was he was catching passes. Or, I mean, I, I don't. Pat maybe pass protection is probably the one thing that he probably ha- will have an issue with at least at least starting out his career. But other than that, I don't I don't think there's anything else. You know what though, I admired his tenacity and wanting to get better. Yeah. Oh, and I saw one of the coaches actually on he did an interview with somebody on Twitter saying. Tajay was asking for more reps in the pass work, pass yeah. protection drills. Yeah. So and he knows he that needs explains why he went yeah. out. I was wondering, like, he had one one moment where he had, like, three reps in a row. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why, what the heck's going on here? Are they making him do that? No, like, the coach said he was asking. For, I want another one. I want another one. Give me another one. He just – he wants to work at it. So another guy with, like, plus mentality. You don't always get a view into guys' lives like that, but, like, I feel like he's going to be a successful player. Yep. My biggest riser at running back, though, Chris, was Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. Yeah, he was actually mine as well. I had him at six out of eight going into the week, and he finished third for me. He passed Chase Brown, who coming into the week I loved. Um, one of the big things for me is he weighed 210. That's a big plus for me because like, that's close to like big enough to be a true dude if, they, if he ever is needed to be. I don't think that's his role in the NFL, but like – he, I think he can take more touches on than than we previously thought with that frame. Um, he's thick in the legs, thick in the hips, uh, and he's rock, He's pretty solid, like no wasted size at all. Like he's very compact. Two ten is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so, I didn't end up bumping him over guys like Chase Brown and Eric Gray, but I 
I was pretty indifferent with how I would rank those guys. Um, yeah, they all they all showed flashes for things they can do that that will interest NFL teams, um, but also all have their own issues. Eric Gray in particular had like a really bad last day. Um, just was dropping balls, not getting open in the route running stuff. We don't see much of the running game as we've said all week from running yeah. back. So you're not you're just kind of looking for how they move in space and whatnot. Um, but yeah, McIntosh impressed. He even he had a, he had a solid week. He played in a one of the best schools in the country and faced some very stiff talents. He's gonna he's gonna have value to NFL teams for sure. The pass pro with him is what really impressed me. Yep, he was very which yeah he should be good at. Yeah, he was probably the best back and pass pro. Yep, and for a smaller guy, it's impressive. Like he was, he was physical. You know, played bigger than his size, but his foot footwork was awesome. Pretty much always stayed in front of guys. Um, even on the speed rush drills, where you know he had a edge defender coming wide and free, perfectly run them around the arc. Like he, the dude knows what he's doing there. So. I think teams will like that. They'll probably get him on the field early because of that. So yep. I have to know where you ended up ranking Evan Hall. I dropped him two spots to six out of Man. six out of nine. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I was skeptical coming in, which, you know, yes. <sighs> it, I thought he was fine. I don't think he overly yes. impressed and I don't think he disappointed me though, either. I, he was I, fine. I still have him as my third ranked guy out of this group. You do? Yeah. So I, nothing he did this week showed me that he's not more, anything more than just a jag. Well, he's just, so, he's, yeah. he's literally just a guy. That whole group, like I have Hall, Rodriguez, Sir Roderick Thompson, Cameron Peoples. I don't even, I didn't even know how to rank those guys. Like, yeah, they're all just, well, they're all just guys. I Hall's a little more than a guy, but yeah, the rest of them are certainly definitely just guys. Yeah. Hall is just like, he doesn't have a calling card. There's no, sp- no skill he does like overly well. There's no skill he does overly bad. He's not very big. He's not very fast, but he's not slow and he's not small. It's like, he's literally just a guy. Like he is the perfect day three running back. He, he'll pro- in three years, we'll probably text each other, Chris, and say, Evan Hall is a perfect example of why running backs don't matter. Yeah, exactly. That's that. I think that's yeah. why I ultimately he'll left him. will draft him in the fifth round and he'll be a productive guy in the NFL yes. somehow, some way. Yeah. Yeah. Ty, yeah. I, Tyler Algier last year, like fifth round draft pick in a, in a good rush offense, you know, and can make he, things work. He even had a calling card. Algier was at least a big bruiser. Like Hall's sure. not even that. Like, I don't really know what Hall is. Like he's, who's the dude that came from the Chargers to the Lions this year? Justin Jackson. Yeah. I was like, Justin, oh crap, I can't do that. Same school as scouting. <laughs> uh, that was on, that was truth, truthfully on accident. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it reminds me of. Just like, yeah, we can find Justin Jackson off the street and he can be put up 100 yard total, you know, games in like a week of practice. Yeah. That's just, you know, put, put him behind a good offensive line or with, with a good offensive coordinator and he could be a productive guy. He'll probably be a special teams player in the NFL. Yeah. I don't but, think he's going to mess up a lot, which it seems to become more and more an important thing for running backs these days that don't, don't aren't elite, the elite guys like coaches like that guys that just come in and kind of do what they can. Even, even if it's not spectacular, you're allowed to name Deandre Swift by name, Chris. (laughs) Yes. He's a good example of a guy that, you know, definitely has elite talents, but just doesn't do the right thing very often. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, Uh, man, what could have been, 
Um, but the, like, yeah, like, so like, like Chase Brown example, like he just, he's, yeah, he's super fast, but he's also going to like give you nothing a lot. And I think unless he figures that out, it's going to be an issue for his career long-term. Yeah. He, there's some much needed development with, with Chase Brown's game. He is undoubtedly fast. Like I've been competent to Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Eli Mitchell all week. I stand by that. You know, I, Mostert's probably the best one because Mostert went undrafted. Ended up being a productive player. Like I'm not saying Brown's gonna go undrafted or anything, but like when all you have is I can get to the corner and outside zone really fast, and then possibly cut back if I need to. I mean, the options for your success are very limited. So, Mostert happened to find the perfect team for him. So five years from now, our new Chase Edmonds versus Raheem Mostert bet will be Evan Hall versus Chase Brown. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's too perfect. That's too perfect. Yeah. yeah. Or like in, in two years when Christian McCaffrey's getting, you know, touches stolen away from him, it's going to be because Chase Brown's hitting a random 50-yard run a game. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, right. man. Yeah, that's good. Uh, all right, let's close it out with the tight ends. I Breaking these guys was funny because, like, I like all of them. Honestly, I like parts of all of them. Yeah, My, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is weird. You can't. Yeah, it's like pieces. Like, oh, I, yeah. if I could take this from this guy, and, and yeah, and I've been touting this tight end class for a while, including the senior bowl group. So, like, it, I felt bad. Like, I ranked Cameron Lee to last, and I felt bad because, like, he's a he's going to be a fine player in the NFL. He'll never be. I don't think he'll ever be fantasy relevant. I shouldn't say never. I don't think he ever will be because he just he's not twitchy at all. Doesn't have really any explosiveness. Not a great route run. Not not good in the past or in the receiving game, to be honest. But he's fine. You know, he'll do okay against zone. He'll be a good tight end too. I've said that sentence probably seventeen times this week. Yeah, Cameron Lee will be a good tight end too somewhere. To me, the fantasy relevant tight ends stop after Luke Musgrave and Will Mallory, and then it's a tier break for me in terms of guys that have a shot. Well, they're definitely in their own tier. Yes, yes, for sure. Are. Definitely in their own tier. I do think Davis Allen is very, he was next be very me. fantasy relevant. Yeah, um, he was next. It's, it's going to be a, probably a longer burn. For right. Him yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to wait for that one most likely. Um, any big risers? I, I don't think we need to talk about Luke Musgrave anymore. We've talked about no. him constantly. He's I do want to say one thing about Musgrave. I'm pretty convinced he's a he's a first round pick, and I know the head in class is deep. And I know that likely means Kincaid isn't or Washington isn't. But there was a rep yesterday where in the red zone drills where Musgrave just the, – the ease in which he separates from defenders blows my mind for how big he is. Yeah. I mean, he, it looks like he's just floating, like Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Just like <laughs> just floating on the ground. It, it's crazy. But anyways. What, hold on. What, it, what is the percent chance we see more tight ends than receivers drafted in the first round this year? It's it's low, but that numbers like that chance has to be higher than it's ever been. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was wanting to get at. I can think of four that technically could go in the yep, first round. Exactly, and there's and yeah, probably three or four receivers that are. Yeah, early mock drafts do not have more than three or four right. receivers going. So, and, and that will change. Like when when you go see Jalen Hyatt run like a four two five, that's going to change. Right. Like, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so Davis Allen was actually my biggest riser. I had him at five going into the week, and yeah, he, he came away third. Came I had him third for me. I had him last, and I bumped him all the way to three. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. What do you think of Payne Durham? 
so I I was checking my notes again from our I actually liked I liked him more than I remembered liking him after that first practice the first uh, watching him that first practice I almost like kind of forgot that I kind of liked him coming in to the week and and then I went back and checked my pre notes pre senior role notes and I I kind of liked him uh, and and then I think we saw it again on the on day three he made an incre- uh, amazing catch uh, deep ball towards the sideline. Hand, all hands catch guy right on top of him comes down with it. He had another great catch in the end zone guy all over him. I think he's better than I, better than I remembered he was from day, days one and two were pretty lackluster, but day three, you, you saw some flashes from what, and you know why you did, right? Why? We finally did red zone. They find, there you go. And that's where he thrives. Yes. Same thing. He was dead last for me going into the week and I was not feeling great about him all week and then i got to see him in the red zone work and it was like oh there it is that's where this guy thrives um yeah he's a big dude too and i, I was really unimpressed with him in some of the pass pro and run blocking drills he yep. just didn't bring a lot of intensity or physicality to it but when i saw a couple of those red zone receiving drills yesterday i was like oh okay this guy can have a niche at least at the yeah. very least he can have a niche he's he can... gonna steal some touchdowns from whoever you actually wanted to yes. score the touchdown <laughs> yeah he's like a he's gonna be like a mo alley cox or something i don't know like yeah the i don't know if there's a better example than that but the donald parnam to the whatever yes. chargers tight end act the actual tight end one for the chargers is that year parham's actually a great comp for him um parham's another ginormous dude who's not very physical Hopefully Durham develops that part of his game because I do think like with his wingspan and his overall size, like he should be a weapon in the run game. But uh, it's funny you mentioned Parham because I've been con- I've been calling him Payne Parham all week. I know their names sound so <laughs> <laughs> Donald Parham and Payne Durham. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other notes? No, it, it's a class full of it's a, a group of guys that is going to be in the NFL and probably be able to stay in the NFL for a while, but not for any elite talent reasons. Just, just you talking after like the Will Mallory's of the yes, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a solid group all around. Yep. Yeah, I, I just wish we would see more red zone work for tight ends, at least in particular. They they did this last year too. They save all the red zone for for day three, and yeah, the, you're not, the tight ends are not guys that we need to see running deep routes in space and whatnot as much as like let's just see. Yeah, what they I don't can do. I don't need a ton of go go balls and one on ones from the twenty. Yeah, like going, going the other way. I don't yeah. like. Yeah, if, if a guy can do that, that's great. You probably already know that about him, though. Right, yeah. We already you know? know who – I don't even know. There, it hasn't been a great tight end rookie class for a few years now. Um, well, McBride even. Yeah. Like McBride has plenty of reps on, in college tape where he was cooking guys on go balls. I yeah. didn't need to see him doing yeah, that. Yeah, we knew that, yeah. yeah. I agree. They should do more – red zone in general, you learn so much about guys. It is the hardest part of the field to get separation on. Coverages are way tighter. And secondly, it's like the most important part of the game. Yep. You have to be able to score touchdowns in the NFL to have a good offense. Like you can't settle for field goals. I want to know if I got the guys to go freaking get it done. Yeah. Especially so, a tight end. That's when they're on the field the yeah. most. Like, right. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, 
Yeah, I don't know if that's just something that will. I mean, you've been at the Senior Bowl more years than I have. Is that is that just what the the way it works, or do you think it, this is something? Yeah, that... Typically, they really emphasize it one day. There, there's been years where I think it was the Mark Andrews year, where they did they'll do like a a shorter red zone session every day, which yeah. is how an NFL practice runs, by the way. Like right. they have a red zone unit every day it's not su- like yesterday's red zone session was freaking 20 something minutes long they did one-on-ones they did sevens they did 11s yeah cut out some so of like, those reps versus air and give me some more red zone work yes yes exactly um so that's like a, how an nfl practice goes like they every day they'll do like a five minute period in in red zone yep and it's a great great skills to work on so um situational football as they call it yep so that probably wraps up our senior bowl week of practices. It does. There's still still stuff coming out though. I'm going to publish my reshuffled mm-hmm. rankings. I'm going to write a winners and losers article, which is so cliche, I know, but everybody does it and we've had people <laughs> asking for it. Like so I'll probably write up, I'll probably pick four guys to write up in a little bit more detail than the daily notes. Um I'll probably do two winners, two losers. Or maybe three winners, one loser. I'm a positive guy, Chris. I don't like <laughs> I really don't like you smashing don't like dudes. No, especially when it's it is such a limited sample size. I'd rather praise somebody for three days of good practice than tear someone down for who knows, like maybe a guy wasn't feeling well and he practiced crappy all week. You don't really yep. know. So um This is just the beginning of all our draft coverage, yep. prospect stuff. If you liked if you like this at all, there's much, much, much more to come in future weeks. Yeah. Yep, we'll we'll be putting out a ton of content. Um, there will be some type of draft guide on the site as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter too at BG Whitefield. If you don't already, I'll be posting all kinds of clips. I'll keep you in tune with how I'm how I'm seeing the draft class, how I'm scoring players. I do like I really do enjoy putting out threads on guys. So um, usually, as we get closer to the draft, I'll start cranking those out. I'm also doing this new gimmick called three play scouting. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a troll bit where I'm just I'm finding three amazing plays from a player and just posting it on Twitter um, with zero context. And it's fun, but I'm going to keep doing those because they're they're a lot of fun. So just, just don't take it too seriously. People don't do that on Twitter right? all the time, all the time, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, don't don't take it too seriously, including me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so lots of good stuff coming. Uh, we really appreciate you guys following along, um, you know, Thank you for DMing me, asking questions. Anytime you have a question about a guy, I'm more than happy to, to talk about it. If you have ideas for the pod too, please let us know. We're always looking for cool ideas, guys we can talk about, you know, especially as we're in draft season, Chris, like we're like, we'll do pods where we're just talking about certain guys. You know? Yeah. It'll be a mixed so, bag. I'm sure of off season yeah. goings on draft free agency, yep. all, all kinds of stuff. We need a catchy news segment. I'll have to get some ideas from Steve too, but like, you know, the, the, the new Heights guy have the new news segment and it's like made me jealous. It's like, why don't <laughs> I have something like that? Yeah. yeah. You gotta, so, I don't know. You got four kids. Get one of them to, to come up with something creative. True. I should. It's a good idea. Although it'd probably be like Pokemon related. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know but, if that, that would work. Yeah. Uh, all right. With that said, we are going to get out of here. I am your host, Brett Whitefield. This is Christopher Fleck, and we are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. 
and come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.